Welcome to the last episode of our school's podcast. This is going to be the best one. It will be filled with interviews and of course, we'll have to hear from our reverend, Alan and his funny dad jokes. We will also have lots of other funny and interesting things, which we know you will enjoy. The theme for this podcast is gratitude and what it means is to be grateful. We hope you enjoy our last podcast for the class of 2022 and are grateful to you, our listeners, and to our teacher, Miss Harris, for letting us have such a wonderful opportunity and experience in making this podcast for you. Wishing you all a wonderful, happy summer. Hello, wherever you are listening to this Whether it is in a car, or at home, or when you're out for a walk, um, it is good to be back. Now, as always, I have some dad jokes, so here we go. If you think swimming with dolphins is expensive, you should try swimming with sharks. It cost me an arm and a leg. (laughs) What do you call a line of men waiting to get haircuts? A barber cue. A barbecue, yes. Did you know that after you die, the last part of your body to stop working are your pupils because they dilate. They dilate, okay, yeah, right. Last one. A friend of mine named his dog Five Miles so he could tell people that he walked five miles. But today, he ran over five miles. Okay. So, they were funny, not so funny, that's the beauty of a dad joke. So, I think one of the things that we're going to be looking at and throughout this whole podcast today is going to be gratitude. Now, I don't know what you are, what you have gratitude for. Do you even know what the word gratitude is? I think probably many of you do, but it is Thanksgiving. It is to be thankful. Um, And one of the things I am really thankful for um, is being in this place, uh, connected with this school, and with all the people that we involve ourselves with. So when we think of being thankful, and um, what are different things in your life that you are actually thankful for? When we are thankful, it is always good to be able to share that thanks with those around us, and we can be thankful for the food that we have and that is prepared for us. We can be thankful for the clothes that we wear. We can be thankful for the toys that we have, uh, for the different activities that we do, and for the people that we connect with. Being thankful is a really, really important aspect of who we are to get across just that gratitude, that thankfulness that we can have for all the ways that we connect. Now, when we read through the Bible, we see loads of different stories of where people are thankful. We see where people are thankful for whenever they see God who protects them, who gets them out of prison, who heals them. um, They are thankful for uh, God's mercy and for all sorts of different elements that God does where God just meets or people realize, wow, God really does love me. Now, when someone does something for me, nine times out of ten, 
I am really thankful. Now, I say nine times out of the because sometimes I do forget to say, oh, thanks so much, I really appreciate that. Uh, when, when I'm at work, I have colleagues and they get me coffees and it's wonderful and I get them coffees and we can be really thankful for all these things. What are things that you are thankful for and how do you show that appreciation? How do you show that gratitude um, for, for, for what people have actually connected in with you for? Now, we also have different peoples in our lives where we feel, well, I don't have to thanks because that's what they do. Well, no, that doesn't work that way. It is always good to be thankful. It is always good to get across how gracious or how, how much gratitude that we have for people for the things that they do. So I want to encourage all of you in the areas where you have gratitude for different things that people have done, that thankfulness that you have, say it, act it, live it because people will probably thank you for even being thankful or showing that gratitude for what is going on. I really hope that you have a great summer. There's another thing, I am always thankful for the good weather. I am thankful for barbecues that we do. Um, but I really hope that you have a good summer. I hope that in these coming days, uh, that you will, in that space of gratitude, share that, live that, and be that to those around you and be aware of where people are looking out for you and be thankful for all the good things and um, that God has done for you in his provision for God's character. Um, it, is, it is so good to know all that has been done and who God is and that we can just have that thankfulness uh, in our hearts which actually then helps us to live our life um, in, a, in a good, happy, joyful manner. Guys, I hope you have, all have a great week. God bless. Since there is an International Fudge Day... Yes, you did hear us right. ...on the 1st of June, we thought, who wouldn't like to celebrate the day by making and eating fudge? We have managed to find a fantastic recipe which is absolutely delicious. So go on, treat yourself and have a fudgingly fantastic day. Contact the Pod Squad for the recipe by email. Let us know how you get on. Podsquadkotg at gmail.com Now we are going to interview some of the cast from an amazing show from BBC called Nova Jones. Thank you to Chloe's granddad, who is the producer, and BBC for giving us this experience. Can you tell us a bit about Nova Jones? Nova Jones is an intergalactic pop star, and the whole show is about us travelling the universe and any problems that come up, how we get over them. Yeah. So she's the biggest pop star in the galaxy, and I'm the captain of her spaceship, and David is my right-hand man. Co-pilot. His co-pilot. I don't like to call him that, because I want to be the big dog, but okay, fair enough. He is the co-pilot. <laughs> and what are your characters' names on the show? We don't actually know what mine is because he refuses to say his real name. He only ever says, I am the captain of the North. And when people say the North of what? He says space. 
which doesn't mean anything. But obviously the riders think it's funny and I just want to get paid <laughs> by this man over here. So I do whatever they tell me to do. Good choice. Yeah. My character is Sid and his Sunday name is Sydney. And that's all we know about Sid. Yeah. He has a double barrel name, but no second name. How many main characters are there on Nova Jones? There are five of us. Me, Sid, John the Captain, Molly Rainford, who is Nova, and Grace Barkley, who is McLaren, and then Kid Songwriter as well. Yeah, and then there's a lot of guests. So there's a lot more people in it, but it's kind of the five of us who are here all the time. Because we're mixed favourites. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think of the costumes? Uh, well, I only have two costumes, uh, one of which is a uh, overalls for people clear for it's a what is it a for when we're cleaning the ship for when we're cleaning the ship, yep. and then the other is the captain's uniform. But the the ladies Nova. And McLaren, the costumes are absolutely yeah, amazing. Costumes are always great. Costumes here are yeah. always amazing. Spectacular to see something, definitely. And when you have a set, so you have a, a, a whole department that make all this. So they design them. A lady called Diana draws them and, you know, pictures them in her mind, reads the scripts. She draws them and then she hires another lady called Mari as part of her team who's a dressmaker so one lady's conceptualizing everything and the other one is down in the truck with a team of uh, 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 seamstresses and and uh, tailors and they make them all from scratch so it's pretty amazing to see it really yeah how long does it take to make an episode it takes one week per episode yeah. To film. Well, sorry, yeah, actually, yeah. make sure. I, to make an episode takes a long time. For example, those ladies are working on it for weeks, designing all the costumes. Then, even on the set we have here, there's a team of electricians and builders who build all of this from scratch. So, that takes, you'd have to ask actually Mick how long it takes to do all of that. But for our positions, our roles in this group, it takes one week to shoot it. And how long did it take to make the first season? It took about three months, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, which one? It so took about the first, first season. season. We shot for ten weeks. We shot for ten weeks, but we were delayed for a couple due to technical stuff and all of that. Yeah, but usually per episode to shoot it, so one week is one yeah. week yeah but then there's loads of preparation it's just david and i are lucky enough we don't have to do any of that except yep. remember the words <laughs> on the script it's an easier job you want to see how hard the crew work oh, while we yeah. just chill drinking cups of tea having a great time <laughs> why did you decide to audition for nova jones well, personally, I really needed the money. <laughs> personally, but <laughs> and my my wife told me you better go out and get a new job. <laughs> so then I said I'll do anything. He decided to become the captain of a spaceship. <laughs> For me, I grew up watching CBBC when I was younger, 
So seeing having the opportunity to be a part of one of the shows growing up watching was it was a no brainer for me. I had to audition for it. Yeah, well, I actually knew someone who was in the production company too. So the the production company is that the people who come up with the idea and, and make the whole thing. And uh, yeah, they called me and said we're doing this, you know, animated co-pro, and it just sounded really interesting and. To work on something like this is all really about the crew, like the people who've just asked about the dressmakers, to see how the makeup department read the script and say this is what this character is going to look like and this is how we're going to make them. It's really it's fascinating to, to see all of that, to see creative people being creative. Yeah. yeah. And what do, what job did you have before you started acting? I've had a couple of jobs. I've worked in a kitchen and I've worked in shops and stuff. But John here has got one that you guys, I'm, I'm sure you'll love. Do you know what my job was before all of this? What? I was a school teacher. What class did you so, teach? So when you say, why did you want to do Nova Jones? I wanted to get out of the classroom, <laughs> away from you kids. That's what I wanted. And now I found myself on set, surrounded by kids. Mm -hmm. So it didn't work. It didn't work. (laughs) And what class did you teach? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, to be honest, what I do really most of the time is I'm a stand-up comedian. So I travel around the world really doing stand-up shows. What is it like on the set of Nova Jones? It's very difficult because we have a tyrant of a producer, a real bully called Mickey Walsh. And I'm sure you'd know from Sunday dinners just how firm he can get shouting at us. And nah, nah. Nah, nah. We're all great here. It's, it's like one big family, as you can see. We're making jokes like that. We're like one big family. Yeah. This world is great here. All the cast, the crew, we're all... It's like one big dysfunctional family. <laughs> and because we did it last year, we all got to know each other very well. Mickey, Dave, I, uh, the, the, the two girls, Grace and Molly. So we'd all be pretty tight, you know. We'd, we know each other well and the atmosphere is very... Everybody works hard, but everybody gets along and it, it's very pleasant. Do you enjoy playing your role? Uh, well, uh, next week I have to do, am I allowed to say that? I, next week I have to do a rap, an actual rap. Now, I've never rapped in my life. I've never I've never listened to rap. So they're going to humiliate me here next week. But that's, that's making me a little nervous. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. But uh, it's great fun. Like, we, we really laugh here every day. You know, like everyone gets on and nobody takes themselves too seriously. No, Sid's, Sid's really excitable. He's always happy. And it's great fun to be able to play Sid because he he's always just very excitable and happy. So it's a good laugh sometimes. What is it like seeing yourself on TV? I still haven't watched it <laughs> because I live in Australia and it only hit the TV like a week before I left. So I still haven't seen it. And to watch it now would make me nervous. Dave watches himself all the time. All the time. Yeah, no, at all first, the time. At first, when you first see it, you're kind of, it's a bit shocking because you're like, oh goodness, that's, that's me on the telly, do you know what I mean? But towards 
the, the more you watch, the, the more you see yourself as, like, the character rather than, oh, that's me on the TV. It's kind of, oh, there's Sid. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the best way to have you been on any other TV productions? i done BBC Doctors. I was a day player role in BBC Doctors, but other than that, I've mostly done films and short films. Yeah, I've been in a few things. Um, I once played a statue of Jesus on a mantelpiece. <laughs> Seriously, I really did. That was one of my favourites. And... Um, I once, yeah, no, a few different things. I once played a drummer in a band, and I can't drum either. So I don't know why people keep casting me as a drummer and a <laughs> rapper, but I can't do any of it. But what I'd say is when you're auditioning for a job, any job, never tell the truth. No, don't say I said that. <laughs> say, yes, I can rap. I've been rapping for 13 years. What is the age profile for the program? Um, I'd say probably 7 to 14 around that age range, maybe a little younger than 14, maybe it's probably a better question for you, the, the age range for, for the, yeah, the show. Yeah, what it is, I think, I think they, they were going 7 to 12. 7 12, to 12, so, yeah. yeah. But do you know what? Everyone loves it, so yep. it doesn't matter what age. Any age. <laughs> Have you guys seen the show? Um, I watched a couple episodes of it. I, a couple I made of them. episodes. <laughs> what did I tell you about? Uh, I made the them truth? watch it. You should have said I've seen them all. Well, I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh really? No. It's on, on BBC iPlayer. It's on RTE iPlayer. RTE well. iPlayer as well. Okay. Yeah. I made them watch it. No, great. Good, good, good on you. And do you use a green screen or is it practical effects? No, yeah, we, we use two different green screens. So we use one in front of the cockpit oh, to put in what? space. Well, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you so Thank much. You. Okay, you well, guys, you, you, you did really well. We Thank you so much for having us. Make sure it back to work now. Right. Thanks a million. <laughs> Now it's over to Sophie and Jamie for the book and movie recommendations. The first movie is Coco. Miguel dreams of becoming a musician like his idol Ernesto de la Cruz. Desperate to prove his talent, Miguel finds himself in the land of the dead. Cars. While traveling to California to race for the Piston Cup, Championship. Lightning McQueen becomes lost after falling out of his trailer in a rundown town called Radiator Springs. Minions 2. In the 1970s, young Gru tries to join a group of supervillains called the Vicious Six after they oust their leader, the legendary fighter Wild, Wild Knuckles. Sonic 2. After settling in Green Hills, Sonic is eager to prove that he has what it takes to become a true hero. His test comes when Dr. Robotnik returns with a new partner, Knuckles, in search of a mystical emerald that has the power to destroy civilizations. 
Holes is a book centered in Stanley Elnats, who was sent to Camp Green Lake, a correctional boot camp in a desert in Texas, after being falsely accused of theft. The plot explores the history of the area and how the actions of several characters in the past have affected Stanley's life in the present. Grandpa's Great Escape. The book tells a story about Grandpa, a World War II flying ace who now sadly suffers from a disease. He is moved to a nursing home called Twilight Towers, which is a very sad place when his family can no longer look after him. His grandson sets out on an adventure to rescue him from it. In Rowley Jefferson's awesome friendly adventure, Rowley sets out to write a fantasy story about a boy in the Middle Ages named Roland. Roland's mum is kidnapped and he goes in a quest to save her from an evil wizard. Now it's time for some special shout outs. Junior infants. Emily, big effort with signs of reading. Joshua, working very hard. Senior infants. Vanessa, amazing work. Dara, excellent handwriting. First class. The whole class. Super team spirits during sports day practices. Second class. Jessica, kind and caring to younger classes. Finn, excellent spellings. Third class. Third class, being great ambassadors for our school on our school trip. Fourth class. Eli, great maths work. Fifth class, Jack, working so hard all the time. Sixth class, Connor, excellent teamwork in touch rugby. Chloe, hardworking and super manners. Seeing this is our last game show, we're going to play Guess the Teacher. Welcome back to the game show. This month, we're doing Guess the Teacher. We will leave a pause between each question, but if you need longer, you can always pause the podcast. Which staff member was a clown for the school fair? If you guessed Michelle, well done, you are correct. Which staff member does boxing? Miss Hewitt, that was a very new fact for me. Yeah, me too. Um, this next person has four grandchildren. Sandra, well done if you got that. This person plays hockey. I'll give you a clue. It's not Mr. Connor. It's Miss Armitage. This person supports Leinster Rugby Club. It's Dave. The next person has one grandchild. It's Angie. The next person has been in the Late Late Toy Show. It's Miss Harris. That's so cool. Thank you for the listening to the game show. Since it's the end of the school year, we got Mrs. McBain to do a review on the year. We're here with Mrs. McBain and we're going to be talking about some of the highlights of this year. 
So, first we're going to be talking about the concert. Ms. McBain, how do you feel about the concert? Do you think it went well? I think the concert was probably one of my favourite things this year. I absolutely loved it. I know it was put together a little bit at the last minute, but to have all of the choir, to have 23 children who either played the piano or sang together in groups or got up and said a poem, so delighted that one of our teachers, Mrs. Shorthall, played the flute. So delighted that um, Elspeth Hansen, who is mum of Owen McNicholas, played the violin. Absolutely inspirational. I suppose the wonderful thing about the concert was the camaraderie amongst all of you and um, the way you all minded each other, the way you all cheered for each other. I thought Ross and Harry, who... Um, who compared it were absolutely brilliant. I think, Harry, you're here with us. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts on the concert. I think it went really, really well. Um, I think like, no, one, no one got bored because we barely had any rehearsals after that. So, yeah, I think everyone enjoyed it. I agree. And I, I'm, I think I'm just so proud of Helen Groves. It was kind of her idea because she runs the choir. So looking forward to working with her again next year. I know you lot won't be here. Um. The other thing, I suppose, if we're, if we're talking about music and things, another highlight this year is I absolutely love the outdoor assemblies. Uh, we have to start doing the outdoor assemblies because of COVID, but it's actu I actually love going out on a Friday morning. I think it's amazing to kind of share our assemblies with the community and there's people stopping the lane and people are coming out of super value and wondering what's going on. And even at assembly this morning, we had uh, Rachel Roddy from Fifth Class who did her extract from... Um, Veruca Salt, like she was just brilliant. And again, there was no rehearsal about that. Tell me what your thoughts were on Rachel. Do you Rachel. think it would um, go back inside to doing it inside in the hall? I don't know. I think maybe on, on cold, very cold, wet yeah. days. But yeah. I like the idea of sharing yeah. with the community. I like the idea of the parents coming along. You've just reminded me I want to invite all the parents to the assembly next next Friday. And then this year as well, because there were so many highlights, news today kept getting a hold of us like at one yeah. stage I was beginning to think was news today just about Kill at the Grain School. <laughs> yeah. They just couldn't get enough of us. They couldn't get enough of us. Um, another highlight for me was the sports and actually I'm going to turn that back to you um, Susanna because you're probably one of the most sporty people in the school so would you uh, the sport in the school has been a highlight for me but would you tell me what sport has meant to you this year? Um. Yeah well there, we've had loads of kind of more like events than we've ever had in the past. I know that fourth class went and they did a cricket um a cricket in, blitz. Yeah they in did. Marty Park and uh, fourth to sixth class did a rugby blitz as well. And that was really good. And then you were out at Santry as well. So tell yeah. me about Santry this year. Um, it was really fun. I I went in third class too but it, it actually felt quite different. We had to wait um, the under 14 girls, we were right at the end, so we waited like three or something hours until we finally got to run, but it went really well. I just thought it was amazing that we put in eight teams and we came out with eight placings, yeah. you know, in first, second, third and fourth, and well done to Fiona for winning his gold medal in the sprint. And Sebastian, you're here as well. Tell me about your race. Well, I think it was good. Mostly on the relays, it was a team effort. It wasn't just me. Uh, and honestly, on the sprints, I think I did really well because some of the others in the sprints were uh, bigger than me. So I think we all did a great job. I think you did too. And also the sports day that was organized by Miss Whitley and Miss Hewitt last Friday, that was absolutely brilliant. And the fact that we did it 
in houses as well. Heidi, yeah. tell me about the houses this year. Well, we all got separated by our families into different houses and then we used those teams for sports day. And which team won? Blue. Blue team. Have we any blue team here? Yes. Harry, you were on the blue team. So it was really lovely because we gave points for the first, second and third and that went towards your team. But again, what I thought was amazing was the way you all supported each other. Yeah. Um, it so, wasn't just like one person doing everything. Yeah, and it was great we got the houses set up this year. I'm looking yeah, forward to was, doing lots yeah. of work with that next year. Carlingford was a huge success. Yeah. I wasn't there, but you were. Um, Daniel, I'm going to ask you about Carlingford in a minute, but just uh, to start off, I'm so proud of you that your behaviour was impeccable. Thank you. you uh, <laughs> Carlingford absolutely adored having you. Your teachers who went with you said you couldn't have been better. You are just wonderfully behaved. You're so grateful. You're so gracious. You're so respectful. You have beautiful manners. So I'm beyond proud of how you got on with Carlingford. But Thank Daniel, you. tell me how Carling was for, for you. It was really fun. It was a bit cold on the third day whenever we were doing the kayaking. So that wasn't the greatest mixture of water and then rain. But it was still really fun. Sky Park as well was quite fun. I didn't go that high, but a lot of people went very high. And it was also raining on that day as well. Um, and then on the first day we did laser tag and nightline so we'd put on blindfolds and had to walk through the woods and that was really fun and it was just loads of fun got to share rooms with people and it was really fun brilliant and it was great to have Carlingford back for the first time in a couple yeah. of years yeah. another highlight this is what we're doing right now with the podcasts yeah. how did this come about Sebastian tell me about the podcast well we firstly MSRS put together uh, of committees and then all of them have leaders for example Leo is the leader of the digital uh, and then there's others like researchers script writers uh, the hosts of course which are uh, speaking right now and all together we are doing great po uh, podcast episodes Again, it's probably one of the few primary schools in the country actually having their own podcasts. Yeah. Um, this year also we had four new teachers with Miss Hewitt and Miss Whitley, which I've also mentioned. We also had Miss Middleton and Miss Davy. Um, they have been amazing. They have brought so much energy, so much wonderful new ideas to the school. Yeah. They're great fun. To uh, they've joined in with Miss McCabe, who are all the girls from Cavan. <laughs> and they are just the best fun ever. There's been so much laughter in the corridors. Um, so we're looking forward to having them again next year. And we're also looking forward to some of our teachers returning. Some of the teachers who are away um, are not coming back. But we're really looking forward to Mrs. Allen and um, Mrs. Evans, who are definitely coming back in September. So that's very exciting because they had um, Mrs. Allen had a baby girl called Jess and Mrs Evans had a baby girl called Emily and Miss Northcutt had a baby boy called Daniel and Miss Cobb had a baby boy called Max. So four new babies last year and our four new staff in which were just fantastic. Um, it's your end of year next week and you've been up to yeah. all sorts of mischief and I see people dressing up as me and <laughs> Uh, other teachers so Harry tell me about the end of year 
well, we're doing this musical that we've put together for the end of the year assembly. And it's been really fun, like, working on it. Like, you would always, like, we would barely do any work. And we'd always have... <laughs> I don't think you're meant to say that out loud. But you did learn loads from it. Yes. 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 And everyone's been enjoying it a lot. Fantastic. It's your confidence as well, quite yeah. a bit. Well, Daniel Clabby, you were born for the stage. And I am going to get your autograph before you leave this school because I'm going to be following you in the future when you see when you're world famous on the stage and um, i am dying for next friday to see you uh, performing and you're just an absolute natural at it because i remember when you were a little bit younger you were a little bit quieter and you're just amazing and it is just i'm looking forward to seeing you in your secondary school and i hope you're going to get involved with the drama group there um yeah roll on next friday with Chloe Doyle acting as Mrs. McBain. <laughs> I think the biggest highlight for me this year was possibly Freedom Friday. If I had to pick out one day, yeah, it was a celebration was. we had. Daniel, you actually reminded me um, to talk about this. So what, what are your memories of Freedom Friday? It was just great fun. There's, I remember there was an ice cream truck, which was a lot the fun the ice cream was really nice it I was wasn't expecting that to get that and then we we borrowed the speaker from Jono from the assemblies and we had yeah. music going and there was Dennis and Mr McConnell <laughs> dancing to Bon Jovi as you were coming into school that morning yeah I remember at break all of us were dancing to the music yeah yeah so while the last two years over Covid was tough but we absolutely made the best of it and we had such yeah. a great time so sixth class thank you so much for inviting me to be part of your podcast I wish you well for next year. I'm going to miss you so much. You have been a wonderful class. You're great fun. Um, but you also, you're just such good people. And I'm really looking forward to hearing all about you in the future because I am surrounded here by Heidi, Susanna, Harry, Daniel, Sebastian and Leo, who's organising the podcast. And I am dying to hear about everything that's going to happen in your wonderful futures. I'll be... And um, following you with great interest. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you. It's coming up to summer, so we asked some of the classes what their summer plans were. Hi, my name is Shaban and I'm in sixth class. During the summer holidays, I will be going to Greece and when I get back, I'll be spending time with my friends. Hi, my name is Connor. I'm from sixth class. Whenever, or during the summer holidays, I'll be going to France and whenever I come back, I'll see my cousins and family members in West Cork and I will also be doing the school summer camp. Hi, my name is Eloise and I'm from fifth class. For the summer holidays, I'm going to see my cousins in Canada for two weeks. Uh, hi, my name is James uh, and I'm uh, from fifth class and uh, we're, and I'm going to Portugal for three weeks for the summer. Hi, my name is Dara, I'm from fourth class and during the summer I'm going to be going to Kerry for a week and then I'm going to Bordeaux for two weeks. Uh, hi, my name is Laura. I'm from fourth class. I'm going to Kerry for two weeks and we can't bring our dog. Hi, my name is Joshua. I'm from third class. I'm going to Barcelona for the summer. 
I'm going to go in loads of water pups. Hi, my name is Mia. I'm in third class um, and I'm going to Portugal for two weeks and I'm going to Lisbon and Cyprus for t- two weeks. Hi, my name is Alex and I'm from second class and my sister's having a birthday in the summer and I'm going to France for holidays. Hi, my name is Holly. I'm from second class and this summer I'm going to be going to Spain with my cousin. Hi, my name is Rosa. I'm in first class. For the summer holidays, I'm going to go to Cork and I'm going to do the school summer camp. I am Connor. On on when it's the some summer holidays, I will I will be doing the school summer camp, and I will be going to Wony with my cousin Sophie for an entire week. Hi, my name is Adam. I'm in Tina. I'm going to Italy for the summer. Hi, my name is Nina. I'm going to England for. I'm from Sydney, and I'm going to England for the summer. Hi, my name is Frida. I. I'm in junior infants and on the summer holidays I'm going to go to France. My name is Ruben and I'm at my summer holidays I'm going to put my kid in. My name is Danny. On the summer holidays I'm going to go for some camps. Since it's our last year, we decided to interview the class of 2022. Hello, today we're interviewing 6th class and the people here from 6th class that are going to be interviewing are Fionn and Lucy. Say hi. Hello. Hello. Now, for the first question, what would be the most important lesson that you've learned in Kill? Uh, Probably respect and respect others. And always be helpful as well, because that can help you a lot in your life. Well, um, as Miss McBain always says, good things happen to good people, so you yeah. should always be kind to everyone you meet. I remember Miss McBain saying that on assemblies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right on that one. Have you been able to use these lessons in your everyday lives? Uh, yes. Well, you, being helpful and respectful, you can you do that at any age and. You should do it in your everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, and being kind, it can get you a long way, and like a lot of people will want to be friends with you, so. Yeah. Now, because you're in sixth class, soon you'll be going to secondary school. Are you looking forward to secondary school? And what do you think will be the different? Will be different or the same? Um. Well, the first difference is the a longer day. Yeah. And that you have that bit more homework, and you also will be starting a few new sports. Yeah, um, I think maybe an hour longer. Yeah, maybe an hour and maybe an hour and 15 minutes longer. Yeah, anything you guys think will be the same, really? Well, you the schools are a lot bigger, like in terms of students and the actual size of it. And also you have to walk to all your classrooms, it's all in yeah. the same room. It'd be good though, because it's like a movement break. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. What is your favourite memory of Kill? Um... Probably sixth class because it was the end of the year and the teacher were giving us a lot of privileges yeah. and a lot more freedom and we could go around the school instead of um, 
you know, go, always going with the teacher. Yeah. Yeah, also I really, my favourite memory was the Eurovision night, I really enjoyed that, and whenever Ukraine won. Yeah, that was mm. fun. And now, what is your earliest memory of Kill? My earliest memory is in junior infants, when we went to a school trip to Imaginosity, and I used to think it was the best place ever, and wanted to go back every year. Yeah. Uh, my earliest memory is the first day in meeting Miss Cobb and Wendy, and um, the school kitchen, like the play kitchen they had. Yeah. What is the worst lunch you've ever had? Um, the worst lunch I've ever had. Well, whenever I was also in junior infants, I got my brother's lunch and had all these sandwiches and stuff I didn't like. Well, for me, it was in senior infants, and I hated brown bread, and I had that with like olive oil, and I really didn't like it. Since gratitude is our theme this episode, what do you think gratitude means to you, and how do you or anyone else show gratitude well you have to show gratitude to your teachers like you have to be very grateful for them teaching you and yeah yeah well we have to be grateful for everything we have and because a lot of people in ireland and around the world they don't have much and yeah yeah we are graduating in a few weeks how do you feel about that it's kind of nervous that you're going to be ending a chapter in your life and you're going to be leaving your friends. But also it's exciting to start a new chapter and going to a new school and making new friends. Yeah, like a fresh start. Yeah. yeah. Lucy? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to going to secondary school, but I'm still like really sad to leave because we've been here for like eight years, which so we've been here for ages. Yeah. And the final question, because we're the class of 2022, how do you th- hope the class of 2022 will be remembered by? I say always having gratitude and always setting example to the other classes. Yeah. Yeah, I, and also we started a lot of new things like the podcast and we were the first sixth class to, ha- to have the houses, the different houses. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for doing this interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Since this is our last episode, it is time to finish off this epic story once and for all. It was a fortnight since they had arrived in Titania. As they had discovered the strange but wonderful world was called, Carl was recovering from the broken rib that one of the gladiators had given him in the arena. The rib wouldn't heal for two weeks, as the medical wizard had told him, but they couldn't wait that long as, according to the scouts of the kingdom, Kolkaroth's great crusade had begun. His terrifying soldiers were dark warriors that had pledged allegiance to their dark masters and their soldiers would leave the kingdom to fight them, but never return. Finally, the day came for the children to leave the kingdom and join the fight against the dark sorcerer Kalkaroth. On the morning of the day, the wizard had given Carl an anti-pain bandage, but he still walked with a limp. The queen lined them up. These gifts that I now present with you are for your bravery and gallantry in the arena. She said, Ava received a helmet and the mace that she had fought the orc with. Carl received a chainmail tunic and a longbow with a quiver of arrows. Jessica received a spell book and Peter received a sword and shield. Their horses were waiting at the gate for them. All of them knew how to ride a horse from when they were at their grandmother's farm. They mounted their horses and filled the saddlebags with supplies and waterproof cloaks and off they rode into the morning fog. 
They rode all day until they slumped down into a cave and had a small dinner of dried meat and bread. They woke up early the next morning. Carl left the cave to feed the horses. Bread, Jane. He began calling the horses. Before he could find them, he saw two figures standing in the bushes and one of them held a bow and the other held the horses by their reins and a sword in their other hand. A short axe, they wore the dark leather clothes and black hoods and creepy masks that... Look like serious metal faces. They quickly fired an arrow at him. It bounced off his chainmail, but it still winded him. He dropped to his knees as Colcroft's scouts made a quick escape. Hey! He ran back into his cave, clutching where the arrow had hit him very hard. Luckily, it hadn't penetrated his chainmail. He told them about the scouts. This is great. Peter shouted. How is this great? Yelled Jessica. It means we're getting close. Replied Peter. This gave everyone the motivation to leave the cave. But then they realised that there had no horses, so they continued on foot with their chainmail helmets clinking as they walked. Soon the trees grew thin around them, and the, suddenly they came to a steep black stone wall and a moat. They followed along the edge of the moat until they came to a towering drawbridge made of wooden iron. Jessica drew out her spell book that the Queen had given her. Flamma. She yelled at the top of her voice. Suddenly, a trail of fire steamed out of the book, setting the drawbridge alight. Within a minute or two, the gate had completely collapsed in a pile of charred wood and ash. But as soon as the smoke had cleared, a great beast came crashing through the ruins of the drawbridge, hissing and screeching. It looked like... Well, they couldn't really say what it looked like. It had two long bent legs with two shorter legs on the front with sharp hook tips. It had a long, skinny neck on a large insect-like body. It had a strange head with two black eyes and two long fangs dripping with venom and hanging from its mouth like a rope, a forked tongue. Instantly, Carl fired an arrow, but it splintered off the beetle's shell. It clicked its jaw in a fit of rage and scuttled in Carl's direction. Out of nowhere, Peter came crashing out of the tree, landing on the creature's back. He lifted the shield above his head and brought it down on the creature's neck. The beast crumpled to the ground and... Ava smashed her mace into the creature's head. It made a loud clicking noise and crumpled to the ground unconscious. They stepped over it. Is it dead? asked Jessica. No, it's just unconscious, replied Peter. They made their way up to the castle wall. As they reached the top of the stairs, they heard the noise that bows made when they were about to be fired. Peter, just in the nick of time, lifted his shield as many arrows were released from the bows and hit the shield with multiple thumps. The children rushed forward into the archers, but the dark soldier's protective armour blocked all of the children's attacks. What do we do? shouted Ava, desperately as she landed blow after blow on the dark soldiers to no effect. Suddenly, an arrow caught her helmet. Ow! She fell to the ground with her dented helmet next to her. She leapt up, swinging her mace everywhere within range of many of the dark soldiers were flung into the moat below. Splash! Many of the soldiers scattered, running away or jumping into the moat. We did it! shouted Ava. We should keep moving into the castle before more guards come, said Carl. Everyone agreed with this. They all moved deeper into the fortress. Soon they came to a large set of double doors at the main part of the castle. They knocked on the door, but to no reply, they knocked on the door louder. They leapt out of the way, and the rider let the bear to run in circles around them. Trapping them, suddenly the rider raised a crossbow and let the arrow fly. Jessica raised her hand and shouted, Obstructium! A green wall fell between her and the arrow. The rider turned turned the bear and took a mighty charge through the ring of the children. Duck! shouted Carl as the rider drew a long, sharp spear. Ava rolled to the side and sprinted into the open gate. The bear roared and chased after. Her as the rider turned his spear to face her. She screamed and kept running even faster. Carl drew his blow, loaded an arrow and took aim. He fired one at the rider. It bounced off the rider's helmet. That didn't mean that it didn't hurt. 
The rider fell from the bear unconscious, his dented helmet on the ground next to him. The bear growled and turned to Carl. It sprinted headfirst into Carl's chest, fell to the ground with the air knocked out of him. He tried to get up, but the bear kept its large rough paw on his chest, growling and slobbering onto his face. Carl closed his eyes, waiting for it to eat him. But suddenly the bear fell off him, with a figure wrapped in a dark blue cloak over a shining chainmail tunic. It was a prince from the from the fortress on the hill. He was carrying a large circular shield and a long, elegant axe. The bear lunged at the prince, but it easily blocked the attack with his shield and counterattacked with a blow from his axe to the bear's shoulder. You have served an evil master, and now I must slay you, beast. He shouted as a particularly vicious attack from the bear ripped through his cloak. The prince swung his shield, knocking the bear unconscious. The prince smiled at them and said, The quest must be completed. They thanked him and walked further into the castle. As the prince bandaged the wound on his arm, soon they came to a giant room with pillars lining the walls. And in the centre of the room, there was a large stone altar with a figure cloaked in crimson, hunched over holding a black dagger. Two guards leading four horses entered the room. They were the horses that were taken from the children before. No, Peter said. The cloaked figure turned and smiled grimly. I see you infants have arrived. You are just in time to witness my sacrifice, so I may destroy this world and enter another. He said in a smooth, charismatic voice. He's mad, muttered Carl. I can tell. Peter whispered back. All this altar requires is a drop of blood, but since you have arrived to save your flea-bitten mules... He put out one of his fingers and pricked it with his knife. A single drop of blood fell onto the altar as the large green portal opened. It was then that Colcroft began a spell. He muttered powerful dark magic and a red smoke circled around him. As he was doing this, Carl and Ava ran over to the horses to fight the guards holding the horses. Ava made a distraction while Carl ran back with the horses. Don't let them take the horses back. He shouted, a horse bumped to the altar, showering it in horsehairs. No, screamed Kolkaroth as a bright red portal opened. The children nodded at each other and ran at Kolkaroth, pushing him into the portal. Where do you think he went? Asked Ava. I don't know, but if he ever gets out of here, he'll never want to see another horse again. Some of the horse's hair must have fallen on the altar. Replied Jessica. Huh? Muttered Ava. How do we get back? Asked Carl. Well, I think there was a spell in here to change the destination of a portal here somewhere. Jessica said, rummaging in her spell book. Here, she said, pointing at a page with some strange words on it and an illustration of a portal changing colour. Locus muchacha porta, she shouted, and the portal turned a light green colour. Come on through, she said to the others. It should be to earth now. How do we know that it's to earth? Peter questioned. Just trust me, said Jessica. All right, Peter said anxiously. As they stepped through, their surrounding turned to a flashing light green colour, and when they fell onto a hard concrete ground, Peter got up and looked around. We're home. This is our class's last episode for this year. Thank you for listening to all our episodes, but next year we could possibly have more from next year's sixth class.